Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. My, myself, Mark. Hey. Hey. You got stuck for a minute. I did. Yeah. I had a brain fart for a minute. <laughs> On my name. We're, we Who am I? Collectively are a brain fart. Yeah, we are. So. It's a rough day. All of us are sick. Yeah. So, except you. So, yeah. whatever you had, you passed it on to us. I didn't have so, any stomach stuff, though. So, all the kids are home today, homesick. As long as nobody throws up. Like, Dude, I'm happy. I woke up, and I did throw up, Ugh, and I swallowed it. I hate... It scared the fuck out of me. I hate when you throw up. You're I, so... I can't help it. I'm loud. Fucking loud. Dude, and I try to be quiet. I don't believe that. <laughs> I swear to God, I try to be quiet, but it just, You're dude, my so whole body loud. like convulses. Yeah, it's awful. It's frightening. But yeah, this morning it was, it freaked me out because I, I puked in my mouth and it, it actually woke me up. I feel like nobody needs to hear that, but. Well, I'm sorry. Whatever. That's how my day is going. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah. So how you doing, babe? Uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says, bless your heart, mm. which is Southern for fuck you. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. I like it. Just saying. I like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the crickets are going on sale at Target pretty soon here. So Are they? Yeah. Mm. Might have to pick me up. Oh, one. it's going to be a fucking shit show if I get a cricket. <laughs> Uh, one of our listeners, who is the reason I'm wearing the Bless Your Heart t-shirt, said mm-hmm. that once I get a cricket, mm-hmm. she said she wants a shirt that says, um, Jamie says I'm the tits. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Obviously, I have to make that. Yeah, that is sure. pretty good. So, yep. So we just recorded, like what, two days ago? Yeah, so this is a quick one. You yeah, did good. <clears throat> I did. It was a quick, um, quick turnaround. And this this was requested by a couple people. Yeah. So one of which I think is relatively close to the case, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. So it's, it it yeah. wasn't too far away. It's Ohio, so mm-hmm. it was national news. It was a big fucking to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, as it should be. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very odd that I. <sighs> The outcome is very odd to me still. So it's still, it's still unsolved as of the last article that I saw, which was from May 2nd of 2022. Oh, really? It was from Cleveland 19 News. Yeah. So. Interesting. I kind of don't understand. That's why I don't, the outcome is odd to me. Hmm. Whatever. Okay. Um. Yeah. What, what do we got today? We are doing the case of Amy Mahalovic. Okay. I hope I'm saying that name right. That's how I've heard it pronounced. I Googled it too. Mm, hey, nothing wrong with I that. Because I suck at names. Mm. So. And this was a while ago, wasn't it? 89. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Okay. Which, I mean, 89 to us is like, oh, it's like 15 years ago. No, it was it's like, like 30. 35. <laughs> yeah. So, We're old now, Which, babe. by the way, guys, uh, Mark's 40th birthday is coming mm-hmm. up. The 31st. Mm-hmm. And mine's a month after, so. God, I can't believe I'll be 40. Whatever. It's all right. 
We're not dead. My 20s sucked. All I did was work. My 30s, same way. And then the end of my 30s. You worked and then you died twice. I, yeah, the end of my 30s, I died and had to fucking learn how to fucking do everything again. Yeah. So. What, what is it with, like, the big birthday? Like, right before 30, I got super sick. And then now, right before 40, yeah, you know. got it. And then I just had fucking brain surgery. Yeah. I don't know. I, the decades are not good for us. No. So, but I'm I'm hoping our forties we we need to enjoy. Something's got to fucking happen. Yeah, we really need to enjoy. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Past three years, especially, have been hell. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. Yep. But we we're still here. We made it through. I don't know how. I don't know how some <laughs> days either, but. Here the fuck we are. Here we are. Yep. Welcome to our life, guys. You keep going. That's all. Come on in. As fucked up as it is, there is good in the world. Somewhere. I'm blessed with you guys. I was going to say, are we the good in the world? I mean, we're assholes, but like we put our carts back and stuff, so. You guys keep me going, for real. We're still assholes. No, well, yeah, without a doubt, but. Yeah. You guys keep me going. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple of weeks have been trying. Yeah, I'll say we're not. You home. We're not used to being home no. together. And I, I don't think we're clashing bad. No, but I think just at times we know each other well enough to stop talking. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, it was an adjustment when. I was working Monday through Friday, and you were home mm-hmm. all day. So now that we're both home during the day. Yeah. But neither one of us have been to jail. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us have more injuries than we should. Right. The police <laughs> so, have not been called on right. us. Right. So we're, so, I mean, we're doing okay, right? No, I, I think we are. Like you said, we know each other well enough to... When, Stop. Yeah, when we know one of us is... Yeah. Kind of having it rough, just leave alone or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, I think we've been doing good. We've got another month left of it. I think so. I think we've been doing okay. Yeah. I'm pumping stories out. You are. You've been working your ass off every time I look at you back on the couch. Yeah. You're, I you're, finished uh, this one last night and mm-hmm. then went right into the next Patreon that we're going to do. Right. Good Which job. is, it's very, the, the Patreon we're going to do, we're doing the I-65 killer. Mm-hmm. Um it's very cut and dry. Is it really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't know anything about it before. I heard of it, but I I never looked. Into I don't even it. know if I heard of it until last year. Yeah. So yeah, I never looked into it. But this that is was the most I had. a request to. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's very cut and dry. Hmm. Okay. So. That'll be done soon. I'll probably be done with that one. Tonight or tomorrow. So maybe this weekend we'll we'll get it out. What's today? Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, I'm by Thursday, probably. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, but by the time we record it, yeah. I'm saying maybe this weekend. Yeah. So I mean that's still pretty quick. So Boom. yeah, good job. You've been I can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, you've been on top of it. So you know. Good deal. All, All right. right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hit me with it. Um you know what I do want to say, and I don't know. You know what? Never. I'll wait because I want to talk to you first before I open my mouth. Okay. Um. So Amy 
Mahalovic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of facts here. And I know I've said them before because we've done an, an abduction case before. Yeah. Um, so according to the National Center for Missing and Exploiting Children, Exploited Children, a child goes missing every 90 seconds in the United States, which blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, 4,600 children are abducted by strangers every year. And stranger abduction is actually the rarest type of abduction. Twenty hmm. percent um, of that, you know, forty-six hundred. <clears throat> excuse me. Twenty percent of these abductions are uh, end up in death, and seventy-four percent of those, the uh, abductees are usually dead within three hours. Oh wow! Isn't that insane? Yeah, that is. Um, Eighty-six percent of the perpetrators of stranger abductions are male, and more than half of the females are victims. Mm-hmm. I believe that. In eighty percent of stranger abductions, the first contact between the abductor and the abductee happens within a quarter mile of the child's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that that's fucking crazy to me? Yep. And those are those are twenty. 2021 to 2022 statistics. Yeah. So obviously it's, not in 89, but... Yeah, but that's scary. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. The times have changed. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. All right. So Amy Renee Mahalovic was born December 11th, 1987 in Little Rock, Arkansas, which makes me want to sing the song, uh, to parents Mark and Margaret. She followed her older brother, Jason, who was uh, two years older than she was. Mark and Margaret met in Wisconsin, where Margaret was from, and Mark was working for Buick. Um, They moved around a lot. They were living in Mississippi, I believe, right before they moved to Bay Village, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a uh, middle-class suburb, excuse me, voted one of the safest cities Mm. in the U.S. in the 1980s. There had been virtually no crime. I, yeah. There was no homicides, obviously no child abductions. There was, like, car theft. Right. That's it. I mean, very little. Right. Um, so this was, you know, at the time, there was a lot of latchkey kids, which, if you don't know what that means, kids were home alone before yeah. their parents got home. Yeah. We were latchkey kids. Uh, I was, too. So um, Amy was described as bright and beautiful. She loved school where she was taking advanced classes. She also loved horses and was taking uh, riding lessons. If she didn't know you, she was quiet and reserved. But once she did get to know you, she loved being silly. This one is, this will freak you out. In the summer of 1989, she was at a sleepover at her best friend Christy's house, and they were playing the Ouija board. Uh, It's a Mm. no-no. Amy asked the board when Mm. she would die. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it spelled out soon. I just got chills down my down Le- my arms. Less than six months later, she was dead. Yeah, I just got chills. Please stop with the the fucking Ouija <clears> board. <throat> that that yeah. shit is evil. Um, October twenty seventh of nineteen eighty nine. Ten year old Amy and her brother Jason rode their bikes to school at seven twenty in the morning. She was in fifth grade. He was in seventh grade. They did go to the same school. It was Bay Middle School, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy rode her bike everywhere, and she was kind of made fun. She was made fun of for it because it was like old and run down. Mm-hmm. She didn't really give a shit, though. She loved it. So um, Bay Village police officer Mark Spetzel was at the school that day giving a presentation on stranger danger. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, Margaret was working at uh, a sales paper called Trading Times. She had recently gone from part-time to full-time. And Mark was working at a Buick dealership in Cleveland, but was on some form of a road trip, business mm-hmm. trip, something. Um, <clears throat> Amy's grade actually got released at 2 p.m., 2.01 specifically p.m. Jason got out at 3. Mm-hmm. So she would usually beat Jason home. Um, at 310, Jason left school and planned on going to Baskin Robbins because he had a coupon. Ooh. Avi. Is it coupon or coupon? It's coupon. Coupon? I hate when people say cute. It's not cute. It's not spelled with a cute. Coupa. Coupon. Like coop. Coupon. Coupon. Um, the Baskin Robbins was at the Bay Square Shopping Center, which was uh, like four minutes from the school. Walk or ride. Yeah. Uh, it was a popular hangout for kids. Uh, at the last minute, though, Jason decided not to go because he found out that there were some shithead boys there um, that he didn't get along with, and he didn't feel like being the subject of bullying, mm. which made me sad. Yeah. Um, Jason got home shortly after leaving school and found out that Amy wasn't home, which mm. was odd. Yeah. So he went back out on his bike and kind of like retraced his steps and the route that they would take to school just to see if maybe she fell. Yeah. Or like had stopped for some reason. Right. Uh, when he got back home and Amy still wasn't there, Jason called his mom at work. At first she was like, well, she told me she was going to be late. Like she was supposed to try out for this fifth grade choir. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but then she was like, wait a minute. Like She would have called me. Yeah. So Margaret was immediately concerned because this was just not like Amy. Yeah. So she told Jason that she was leaving work and she was going to be home soon. As she was getting ready to leave work, her work phone rang. Because there were no, like, cell phones. No. no. Um, It was Amy. She said that she was home and she was fine and that she would see her soon. And she hung up before Margaret could respond. So, our neighbor's cutting the grass, by the way. Yeah. In case you hear that. Um, Margaret was now really freaking out. Because she, she knew something was wrong. Amy didn't sound like herself. Yeah. So she drove the 10 minutes home, and Amy still wasn't there. So at 5.35, Margaret drove to the school and saw that Amy's bike was still in the bike rack. This was when her mom knew, like, something terrible had fucking happened. Mm -hmm. So she went straight to the police department. Uh, She reported Amy missing just before 6 p.m. The same cop who gave the Stranger Danger presentation, Mark Spetzel, ended up taking uh, the missing person's report. Isn't I got chills again. Same fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. So just a little side note on Mark Spetzel. He went on to be the lead detective in the case, mm-hmm. and he uh, is currently the chief of Bay Village. Oh, really? So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Currently, as far as I could tell. Okay. So um, he immediately spread the word amongst the department and surrounding towns because he's like, I literally just fucking told these kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't go with strangers. Yeah. So um, they started the search immediately. Good. He sent Margaret home uh, to stay there just in case Amy called or came home. Mm-hmm. Dad Mark got home about 6.30, and this is when he found out what was going on. Yeah. Margaret stressed how out of character that the phone call Amy made was. So they started calling everyone they could think of. Her friend Christy was at a party, because this was Friday night, uh, when she found out, and it was because the um, the host, the, the person hosting the party, their mm-hmm. mother came downstairs and was like, hey, have any of you seen 
Amy. Yeah. Like, where the fuck is she? Right. Nobody knew. So, by 8.45 p.m., the Mahalovic house was full of friends and family. Several men were out searching the banks of the French Creek, which ran behind the Bay Square shopping center to a nearby lake. A family friend took Amy's picture to the local Channel 3 news station in hopes that they would put it on the news later that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone at the station said, we really don't do that. The person needs to be missing for 24 hours. Oh, God. And God bless this family friend because she pulled a me and completely lost her fucking shit. Yeah. And they ended up taking the picture. Good, <laughs> so, Good deal. Um, however, when she got back to the house, uh, she said getting out of her car, she could hear Margaret screaming from all the way inside. Uh, Margaret had been watching the news when Amy's picture popped up, and it really made everything real, Mm -hmm. seeing her kid's face on the news. Oh, yeah. And she just, it was too much for Margaret. Um, They said the scream coming out of her was a sound that no one has ever heard, which I've heard it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's a guttural, animal-like scream. It's It's nothing that you could ever describe unless you heard it. I've heard it a few times. So the next day, Saturday morning, the search continued, and this time uh, police brought in helicopters and dogs. The FBI was immediately brought in and uh, questioned the family. Several of Margaret's co-workers did confirm that she was there. Uh, Mark's co-workers also confirmed that he had been working that day. Mm-hmm. He stopped to get gas on the way home and then obviously made it home. The family was quickly elim- eliminated after the alibis were confirmed. Yeah. Margaret told investigators that Amy told her uh, yesterday before school that she was going to be trying out for the fifth grade choir and would be home late, but she didn't participate in any Mm -hmm. auditions that day. I couldn't find if there were any auditions that day. Yeah. So, I personally, I don't think there was one. Yeah. But. Why do you think that? Because of why she was out. It's coming up. Oh, okay. Um, so police quickly dismissed <clears throat> any runaway theories. Christy told police that Amy would never run away and leave her dog Jake because she loved him too much. Mm-hmm. Which, uh. Yeah. So as the search continued, uh, the police did media blasts of Amy's face and information while family and friends made public pleas for Amy's return. Mm. Multiple classmates came forward shortly after to tell police uh, about Amy's movements that Friday afternoon. Mm. Two friends say that they left the school with Amy at 2.04 p.m. after dismissal. The three then walked together to the Bay Square Shopping Center. Several classmates were already there at the Baskin Robbins. I wonder if they had a coupon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The two friends that Amy went with said that she actually walked away from them to stand by herself. Two other kids, an 11-year-old girl and an 11-year-old boy, said Amy was standing by a pole in front of Baskin-Robbins, and it appeared as if she was waiting for someone. Oh. I need to take a drink. Go, 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 go. Do you need a vape? Yeah, it's in my hand. I think you need to take it. Which, by the way. It's been a while. <coughs> you got a necklace for I have it. a lanyard. For, oh, it's fucking... Yeah. And I'm so pissed because I told you I was going to get you one. And you're like, no, I'll never wear it. I didn't Dude, buy this. That shit better be around your neck. I can't wear it on my neck. It hits my scar. Oh, God. But at least it'll be easier to find under the couch. Put it around your wrist. No, I don't want to. Babe, put I, the fucking thing on. I didn't buy it. If you lose another fucking vape. Oh Jesus Christ. Look at the size of that thing. Yeah. Look, babe, that looks like a dildo. For, babe, it's... <laughs> That thing is huge. 
Don't say dildo. Sorry. It's such a, ugh. it's such a gross word. Like panty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really, I guess there's no other name for it, but. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways. So these two kids said that she was standing um, in front of that pole and it looked like she was waiting for someone. So they said uh, shortly after that, a man appeared, approached Amy, put his hand on her back, leaned down and said something in her ear and then led her away, guiding her to the parking lot. But it didn't. She was in no distress. Yeah. You know, it looked like she willingly went with him. Yeah. So nobody saw a car, though. So it was assumed his car was parked kind of around the corner from where the Baskin Robin was in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, the kids didn't think anything of it. The girl actually said that she assumed that the man was Amy's dad. When they turned back around, Amy and the man were gone. <clears throat> the two kids were able to give enough details for a composite sketch. And so it said in some sources that I read that according to the police, the descriptions really didn't match, but they had a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up making two sketches, one from the girl and one from the boy. Yeah. Now, when you put the sketches together, they're they're fucking identical. The only thing is one sketch had glasses and the other one didn't. So I don't understand why they said that they weren't, the descriptions didn't match. Because to me, it really looked like they did. Yeah. So both described the man as white, excuse me, 30 to 35 years old. 5'8 to 5'10 with a medium build and dark hair. Both sketches were shown to Mark and Margaret and neither one recognized either sketch. One of the Mahalovic's neighbors brought her stepdaughter to the police saying that she she had information that might be helpful. She said that Amy had received several phone calls in the prior weeks. These calls came from a man saying that he knew Margaret And that she had just been promoted at work and he wanted to take Amy to buy her mom and herself a present. Okay. Hence why she willingly went with him. Uh So um, Margaret had not been promoted, but she recently went from part time to full time. And it's thought that Amy may have misinterpreted this as a promotion. Yeah. So it's also been reported that Amy and Margaret really weren't getting along recently. So Amy kind of just wanted to make her happy. So the man would tell Amy not to tell anybody so it could remain a surprise. And he told her that she was great at keeping secrets. So knowing this just really solidified everybody's worst fears that Amy had most likely been abducted. Uh, Jason was super surprised by this. He said he couldn't see Amy just walking away with a stranger and that even though she was just 10, she knew better. Mm. Uh, Family and friends tended to agree. And no one at this point could figure out how this man convinced Amy um, not just to meet him, but to leave with him. Right. Especially after the fucking stranger danger yeah, presentation that, that day. Still blows my mind. Isn't that same insane? Day. Same day. Um, <clears throat> 24 hours after the abduction, police publicly released the sketches. Um, the FBI was also working on a psych profile. They believed the man uh, made Amy call her mother while she was with him yeah um it's it's unknown obviously why he made the why he made her make the call uh it's speculated that amy knew at the time of the phone call that this was no longer a trip to buy presents Mm -hmm. um it's also speculated that the man had amy call her mom to see if anybody had noticed she was even gone yeah or if the police had been called so he could get kind of a head start that's kind of what i was figuring 
God, what'd you do to me? What'd you do to me? Fuck. <clears throat> so police and FBI strongly believe that this man had ties to Bay Village in Ashland County. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to have some sort of background information on the family in order to convince Amy that he knew her mom. Because if somebody called Jax yeah. and they were like, I want to take your, you know, I want to take you to buy your mom a present. He'd yeah. be like, no. Right. I'm going to tell my mom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that's what he would I mean, do. It, that's exactly what he would do. Um, It was obvious, too, that he was a manipulator and a risk taker who was very confident in himself and didn't expect to be caught because he took a huge risk meeting Amy in such a public place. Yeah. Um. He had to have known that her friends, at the least, were going to see him. Oh, I'm sure he did some scouting. He he had to have known yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did some surveillance. So, um, being 1989, there was only so much they could do to track phone calls. The only thing they were able to tell was if the call was long distance or not. Wow, that's it? That's it. Um, they found that none of the calls were long distance. They were all local. So now, I tried to figure out in 1989 what was considered long distance. Yeah. Another county was, or another uh, area code. It varies. No, not all the time. It varies state by state. Really? And it also varies by who your provider is. Really? Because at that time, one house could have Mm AT&T and one house could have like Illinois Bell. Yeah. Not Illinois Bell, because yeah, but you know I, what yeah. I mean. So it depended on the provider. So the only thing that I could find really was that anything out of your local area was long distance. I thought it was area code. It is in some states, but not in Ohio. Hmm. So That's I learned more about long distance fucking phone calls. <laughs> than yeah. I, I'm reading half and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this means. No. So police started searching for any connection with Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret said it's possible that she met somebody on her lunch break and told that person about her transition to full time. Mm. My notes say, where the fuck was she going to lunch? Yeah, exactly. And why are you telling a stranger? Where where are you lunching that you're randomly meeting people you don't know? And fucking telling personal information. So, yeah. Maybe she was looking for a boo. Mm. I don't know. So police ended up, ended up sending out letters to all of the residents in Bay Village and the surrounding towns to see if any other kids had received suspicious phone calls. Yeah. So now what I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. excuse me, was part of the police investigation. But from what I could tell, yeah. was not made public until 2006. Really? Yeah. What's the reason behind I, that? I couldn't find a reason behind it. All I could see in multiple sources was that this information was very obviously part of the police investigation. Yeah. But was held very close to the chest. I was just going to say, so um, what did they do? Judy was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't release it until 06. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things. So... I don't um, know what the... Unless they had, like, a suspect and... Baby, it gets re- really weird. Like, it, it gets weird. Yeah, I mean, to withhold that, I, I would think maybe they had some leads that they didn't want I don't know. out. I, I don't know. Yeah. there. Yeah, there's a lot. So, um, a girl in a nearby town came forward and said that she had received similar phone calls the summer prior. 
Uh, she was around Amy's age and was babysitting her brother when the phone rang. Uh, her brother answered the phone. He didn't know who it was, so he gave the phone to his sister. The man on the phone said that he was old friends with her mom and he wanted to take her to pick out a present for her mom. Mm. <clears throat> the girl, she was like, fuck you. Yeah. Hung up the phone and immediately called her mother. Good. Mom turned around and filed the police report. Uh, when she received the letter about Amy and the phone call, she immediately called the Bay Village police and told them you yeah. know, what had happened. So when the police went to the home to question this girl and her mom, they noticed a ton of horse and horse riding things around the house. Okay. So the girl said that she does ride and she takes lessons at a nearby farm called Holly Hill. This is the same farm where Amy would ride and take lessons. Hmm. Holly Hill is located at the edge of Bay Village, and Amy was obviously a regular there and well-known. Yeah. Police immediately did a full search of the farm, complete with divers, dogs, and helicopters, um, and the area at that time was super isolated. One person did stick out to them, though, was the farm's caretaker who lived in a home in front of the stables. He was a relative of one of the owners of the farm. Mm -hmm. uh, he was described as odd and unusual, and he made people uncomfortable. Mm. Alrighty, then. Uh, parents had previously filed complaints about how um, fucking creeptastic he was. <laughs> so, which is mm, weird. Yeah. Um, but earmark that. That's a pretty horse right there. Right? Her horse's <laughs> name, by the way, was Razzle. Oh. Um, Amy's friends that uh, would say that he often sp paid special attention to her. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they searched his home. They did find green sweatpants, which were similar to what Amy was wearing the day that she was abducted. So they did collect the pants and send them out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> very soon after the police learned about the first girl, another family came forward. This family was located in North Olmstead, which is literally right next to Bay Village. Okay. Um, there were two sisters, two girls in the home that got multiple phone calls. Yeah. They only received the phone calls when they were home alone. And sometimes it was within minutes of their mother leaving the house. The phone would ring. Uh, they also noted that whenever they received the phone calls, there was a car parked outside. Um, <clears throat> the caller said he worked with their mom. And would ask them personal questions such as their ages, their hobbies, and stuff about their, their friends. So, so this dude is doing surveillance. Yeah, big time. Um, so Bay Village and the surrounding towns, obviously people talk. Um, they're now in a full-blown panic because there's a fucking predator out there yeah. stalking their fucking kids. Yeah. And there's no other way to put it. He was legitimately right. stalking them. Yeah. You know, and this was the days before caller ID and tracing yeah. phone calls. and right. I mean, fuck, we were only seven. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the police ended up receiving 400 to 600 tips in the first week. Mm. They did follow up on every one, but unfortunately, none of them held um, a lot of merit. There really wasn't anything from them. Yeah. The composite sketches were updated by the FBI and re-released, and Amy's case quickly became national news, and her face was everywhere. Yeah. Her case was one of the first of its kind to appear on America's Most Wanted. Oh, really? And this actually generated multiple tips about a local handyman who fit the description. Mm -hmm. uh, his parents actually lived across the street from Bay Square Shopping Center, and he had recently done some work at a house, a couple houses down from the Mahalovics. Yeah. The handyman had a solid alibi. Okay. 
To which I say, define solid. Yeah. Because the last case we talked about, they said solid alibis, and I I completely fucking debunked it. Those were not solid alibis. Do you know what it was? No. What do you... No, I don't know. Solid, I'll take with a grain of... Yeah. Salt. I'm not... Um, on November 30th, 1989, the Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is located in Alexandria, Virginia, received a phone call from a girl claiming to be Amy. She said she was being held in Farmington, Maine. The police brought a recording of this call to the Mahalovics, who were convinced that it was Amy's voice. Wow. So Bay Village PD contacted Farmington PD, and Farmington PD basically shut down their fucking town and did a search. Really? No Amy. Wow. <clears throat> Meanwhile, an FBI analyst, voice analyst, excuse me, listened to the call and unfortunately determined that it was not Amy's voice. Mm. Turns out that the call was a hoax. Police, police were able to determine that this call was made by an individual who had a history of making these type of calls and there was no connection to uh, Amy whatsoever. Hopefully they charged the motherfucker. Um, fuck you. Yeah. Like, what, what part of you thinks that is funny? I don't know why some people get off on doing shit like that. I, I don't... I, <sighs> why? Why would you fucking do that I, to somebody? Dude, like I said, people get off on doing shit like that. Ugh. So just a side note. <clears throat> the uh, National Center for Missing and Exploiting Children was actually formed in 1984. Mm-hmm. By John Walsh. Yeah, I did uh, know that. <clears throat> it was formed by him and a few other parents of kidnapping victims whose stories we've actually done. Mm-hmm. Um, but John Walsh started it because of his son Adam's kidnapping. And they really are a help. They <clears throat> contacted me for a couple missing children. Did they? But, like, you know, my area was just <clears throat> runaways, runaways mostly. Um you know, nothing. But the fact that they still followed up on it, but not just they assuming. would call. They would call. Right. Do you guys need posters yet? Do you need any, you know, anyone out for a search? You know, they were great. They did that a handful of times. <laughs> but but it, like I said, my cases were just runaways. Right. And, you know. And that was really, at the time, all they had. Yeah. For missing kids. Because Amber Alert um, <clears throat> didn't wasn't created until 1996. Right. So, and even then it took a while to push that. Yeah. But John Walsh's theory was if the police can track, um, you know, stolen vehicles and stuff like that, even stolen horses, Mm -hmm. why can't they track children? So that's how it came about. So there's my side note. Um, So it also came out at this time that the green sweatpants that they found in the caretaker's house did not belong to Amy. Mm. On December 11th, 1989, it was Amy's 11th birthday, and she yeah. obviously was still not home. Uh, determined to keep her name in the spotlight, Amy's friends and family made public pleas for her return and spoke directly to Amy. God, could you imagine just having a child no. missing? No. I, no. How, how can you go on? <clears throat> how, how, how would you? What do you do? Exactly. What do you do? Not knowing if they're safe, if they're dead. Just... I, I was listening to another podcast, not about her, but about another missing person. And the mom, and this this missing person was an adult. Yeah. And the mom was like, I can't eat, not yeah. knowing if she's eating. I can't sleep, not right. knowing if, if she's able to sleep. Right. Like, I can't even. Dude, what a fucking nightmare. I can't fathom that. No, what a fucking nightmare that would be. Yeah. I, it's a... I, I don't know how people go through it. I... 
I don't know how people go through it and move on and then go on to form fucking foundations and, well, that's and awesome. you know, do the things that they do afterwards because of that. Like, yeah. I, mm. I'd be lost. I, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I, I'd be completely lost. So Amy's friend Christy went on the news and said, quote, happy birthday. I hope you're alive and I hope you come home soon. <sighs> um, Margaret actually wrote a letter that Jason read out loud, which sorry, I just kind of pisses me off. Uh, like, Dad, where the fuck are you? Why yeah. is a 13 year old reading this? Yeah, it's her 13 year old brother. Okay. That made me mad. I'm not victim shaming. I'm sorry, but that made me mad. Um, so the letter talked about how that if Amy was home, she would choose spaghetti and an angel food cake with confetti icing for her birthday dinner. Um, so that's what the family was going to have. And she also said that they did have a present for her, but they weren't going to tell her what it was. She would have to come home and see. Maybe they did that on purpose. So, <clears throat> you know, to try to get to... Heart, pull the heartstrings. Yeah. So, early in the morning of Thursday, February 8th, 1990, <clears throat> God damn it, a jogger by the name of Janet uh, Siebold was on County Road 1811 in Ashland County, which was 50 miles from Bay Village, um, about an hour and nine minute drive. Yeah. Uh, the jogger saw what looked like clothing approximately 25 feet off the road. One source said she thought it was a mannequin. Mm-hmm. It's never a mannequin. It's never, never a mannequin. Except if you live out here and it's a sex doll. <laughs> right. So yep. there's that. <laughs> um, so, so true. Yeah. The woman got closer and found the body of a young girl dressed in green clothing face down. Oh, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> Ashland County sheriffs responded immediately. Uh, they shut down the road and called the FBI. They then called Bay Village and notified them that a body had been found, and it's possible that it was Amy. Yeah. Once official confirmation was made, the family was notified. I could not find anywhere how official confirmation was made. Um, my she assumption... Had, it's been a year, so yeah. she had to have been... Well, I have some of the autopsy, which I'll, I'll read, but um, okay. my assumption would be the clothing. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think so. It was the uh, only missing young girl in the area at the time. Yeah. Um, from what I could tell, around the state, definitely around the area. So I don't know how official confirmation was made. Um, You're probably right. Cause... I do know though that the autopsy was that day. So I don't know if they waited until after the autopsy, but even still, it would take time. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, However, the family probably already knew because by the time the FBI, the Bay Village Police Chief, and a reverend from the Bay Presbyterian Church uh, arrived at the Mahalovic House, the media had already surrounded it. Mm-hmm. So they had to have known. Yeah. Because the media. Of course. Johnny on the spot. Fuck you. Yep. Like, you can't wait? No, they can't. You can't. You can't fucking wait gotta get the story first there's another case uh the media called the mom and said oh your daughter's won a beauty contest can you tell us anything about her she was like oh she's a great person she's beautiful and blah 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 and then the media was like oh yeah she's dead oh jesus yeah that was a black dahlia if i'm not mistaken um so also found in the field about 300 yards from amy was a blanket and a curtain the cops at the time, very smart, 
thought that this could have been what Amy was wrapped in to take her to the field. Yeah. So they did collect these items. Good. Um, the killer would would have had to have had prior knowledge of this place because it's not a place you'd likely stumble upon. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a long, flat road, though, you'd be able to see another car coming and have ample time to cover up whatever it is the fuck that you're doing out right, there. Right, right. Um, police considered it to be a, quote, perfect dumping site, mm. which I hate that. It's not perfect because she was found. Yeah. Um, So based on examination of the scene, police determined that Amy had not been killed in that field, but had most likely just been placed there. Yeah. Um, Amy was in the same clothes that she was wearing the day of the abduction. Shy of a few things. Uh, She was wearing riding boots that day, which were missing. She was also missing uh, her backpack with a binder in it that had Buick written on it from her dad, obviously. And her earrings, which were turquoise-studded horse heads. Um, This was significant because, side note, one of the girls that had received a call said that years prior, she had been sexually assaulted. Uh, The attacker got progressively angrier throughout the incident, and the girl thought she was going to die. But he abruptly stopped and let her go, but took her earrings first, which were clip-on horse heads. Wow. So... The autopsy was performed at, I don't even, I'm not even going to try and say the county. It's mm-hmm. like Chuahoga, Cuahoga. Okay. County coroner's office that same day at 140. Um, Lost your spot. I did. Um, so what they discovered first was that Amy's underwear was inside out and it had blood on it. Oh. So now, depending on the source... What you, you get two different answers. Um, one source said that decomp was too far along to see any physical signs of sexual assault, but because of the blood on her underwear and it being inside out, it was assumed. Yeah. Uh, another source said that it was positive that she was sexually assaulted, but it had been with an object, not by a person. Oh, Jesus. So it, it varies. Either yeah. way, it's fucking terrible. It doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> Either way, she had to have been if there's blood right, there. Right. Um, so Amy's autopsy showed blunt force trauma to the head. However, this was not fatal. Uh, she had been stabbed several times to the left side of her neck. Hmm. The stab wounds caused massive cervical soft tissue hemorrhage. It also caused transection of the left common carotid artery. So he cut her carotid artery. Yeah, she bled to death. So... One of the official causes of death, yes, was sanguination. Mm-hmm. So because the stab wound wouldn't necessarily have been fatal, but she bled out. Yeah. So um, the autopsy also noted advanced post-mortem decomposition. De- Composition. Uh, now I can't ha! say it. Advanced Son of a- post-mortem decomp and partial skeleton skeletonization of the head trunk and extremities so because it was partial i don't know if maybe there was something telling there that they could have identified her with i don't know yeah. they're not very you know um it also showed a po- uh, post-mortem wound to the left side of the abdomen which i couldn't find hmm. an explanation of anywhere um they looked at the caretaker again yeah he said he was home alone Um, So that really caused a huge chunk of time that he was unaccounted for. The police decided to interview him using truth serum. What? You've never heard of truth serum? 
I've heard of it, <clears throat> but okay. not like actually <clears throat> using it. Oh, it was huge. Huge. Which, it's funny because one of the drugs that they said that they could use for truth serum is yeah. uh, midazolam, which is Versed. Okay. <clears throat> which is a common sedative yeah. nowadays. But it's often uh, sodium theopental, which is pentothal. That's what it was marketed as. Okay. Uh, ethanol or amobarbital. And what um, is it supposed to do? So it is said that these medications uh, bypass the part of the brain that control inhibitions, which in turn takes away the impulse to lie. Really? It's like being drunk. And did it actually work or is this um, like just bullshit? It's questionable. Um, it used to be a common procedure, but it brings reliability and suggestibility of the subject into question. Um, and now it, the practice of chemically inducing an involuntary mental state is now widely considered to be a form of torture. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would think so. Get him shit faced. Yeah. It's the same thing. Um, he still denied everything Mm -hmm. under this truth serum well what did he say nothing oh he said he had nothing to do with it whatsoever okay so i gotta use my vape so at this point police decide that the caretaker doesn't have the mental capacity to be able to carry out this crime and he was excluded Mm, okay i'm not sure about that yeah two weeks after amy's body was found the family did have a memorial service and spread her ashes over the family plot in wisconsin during that memorial service, the police had put cameras inside the church and the parking lot, no. <clears throat> which is common practice, as mm-hmm. we know today. Yeah. Um, police felt the killer would have inserted himself into the searches and volunteer center in an effort to get close to the family. So they wanted to see if anyone really stuck out yeah. at the service. I mean, we, we do that to this day. Yeah. I mean, it, we, I've never put cameras in, but I've gone to the funerals right. and I mean, you, you got to stick out like a sore fucking thumb. <laughs> oh, they know we're there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You blend. (laughs) Um, The FBI said that the severity of this crime pointed to, quote, someone that would go this far is not someone who has never done this before or hasn't done it again. Hmm. Which makes me think it might have been the same person that sexually assaulted that girl. Yeah. Obviously. So at this point, they do have a behavioral composite, which sometimes these crack me up because they... Just kind of include everything. Mm -hmm. Like if you blink twice. Oh, yeah. Or blink once. Right. Um, So they said it was a white male, mid to late 30s, not remarkable in appearance, average height and weight and build. He may look presentable, but is not accomplished or professional. He is socially marginalized and not in the mainstream, wouldn't fit in with his peers very well, especially women. Police would describe him as odd or difficult. I feel like anyone can come up with Yeah, these. I could do this. Yeah. Um, it was likely that he lived alone or with a single roommate or maybe still lives with his parents. It's not unlikely he would be in a... Su- it's most unlikely, excuse me, that he would be in a successful marriage with a normal home and family life. So he's an outsider. Yeah. Uh, killer most likely would have undergone some sort of dramatic change in behavior, appearance, or personality in the weeks preceding the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, developed a sudden compulsive or obsessive disorder, experienced a personal catastrophe, or an emotional setback. Examples they gave were um, drinking heavily or suddenly stopping, um, doing drugs heavily or suddenly stopping, 
But they said that there would have been such a drastic change that it would have been noticeable to friends and family. And that there was most likely a pre-event stressor that took him from fantasy to action. Mm. They also thought that it was a resident, a contract worker, or a delivery person. So they started looking into people who helped with the searches and at what they called the Amy Center, which was the, the volunteer center. Um, one person stuck out to them. He allegedly knew Margaret. Um, he was heavily involved in the searches and at the center. He looked similar to the sketches and had strange interactions with the family. He repeatedly offered to clean their home, hmm. which, what? That is kind of weird. Yeah. You're a dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no. Um, he gave pins, like a pin, you know, mm. to Margaret. With a note that said, quote, one for you and one for Amy when she returns. Hmm. He would give Margaret super long, creepy hugs. Yeah. Hugs are. Hugs are. That's, mm. yeah. I'm not a touchy person. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and I'm not a hugger. Right. So. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. I have a hard time comforting people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, so like that would. Yeah. I would be like, like my hands would be down by my sides. Yeah, well, I'd be looking at you like, in the fuck up? Yeah. Uh, The day Amy's body was found, he checked himself into a mental health facility. He did have a history of depression. Um, He also had a recent history of work and relationship problems, which kind of fits that thing. Yeah. Uh, Shortly after he got released from the mental health facility, though, he committed suicide by drinking pop and dry gas. What? Which is a car fluid, I guess. Wow. Okay. But why? It's like drinking antifreeze. Yeah. Because he did that and then died three days later. He didn't die right away. Dude, you're going to suffer. That's weird. Police, after his death, actually, uh, were granted full access to his home Mm -hmm. and found absolutely nothing that would connect him. Um, A couple of the officers would later on say, you know, some of the guys were dead on that it was him. Mm -hmm. And other guys were like, no. It's not. No. So Jason at this time, um, he was having a really hard time with being, uh, quote, the brother of the dead girl. He <clears throat> he said he was glad that the nightmare was over and she could finally rest, but he would have an open wound in his heart forever. And he constantly blamed himself because he didn't go to the shopping center like he was supposed to. Yeah. He felt that if he would have, mm-hmm. you know, but she was gone. Yeah. She would have been it gone already. Have yeah. So he actually helped more by going home and calling his mom, yeah. you know? So another 10-year-old in a nearby town came forward saying that she had also gotten a phone call and she was home alone when she was called. The caller said that he wanted to take her to get a present for her mom and she said she would have to ask her grandma. I guess he got mad and told her that she was spoiling the surprise. Hmm. So the only connections at this point that co- that police could make really was that they were of similar ages and looks, but they mm-hmm. all went to different schools. Okay. So he was smart enough to do that. Yeah. You know, I hate to use that term, but uh, eventually they were able to make the connection of the Lake Erie Nature and Science Center. All of the schools in the area took field trips there and a lot of kids would spend their free time there. Uh, police talked to the staff and found out that there was a log book. That all visitors, including children, had to sign. Mm. And when you signed, you had to put your name, your address, and your phone number. Yeah. 
in a public book. Ooh, that's a no-no. It was a public book. Yeah, that's a no-no. Um, <clears throat> on top of the fact that when they uh, they went to look for it, they confirmed it that it existed with yeah. the staff. Nobody could find it. Of course. It's gone. Of course. Um, <clears throat> July of 1990, a woman went to Bay Village PD saying she possibly saw the killer's car parked on the side of Route 1811 where Amy was found the day before her body was found. Mm. She said it was a vehicle with a hatchback and there was a male standing at the back, but she couldn't remember specifics. Yeah. So they tried hypnosis. Oh, boy. Come on, dude. I can't imagine. I, I guess if you have nothing else in 89 to 90, you're going to do this shit. You fucks would be hypnotizing each other. Yeah. We and would. one of you would be like pulling your pants down and <laughs> spanking your naked ass like no. on a crime scene because. Do a helicopter. Somebody said chicken and all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. what I could picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, <clears throat> however, the woman was able to recall that the male was between 25 and 30. He did have dark hair and a light complexion. The vehicle was a dark vehicle with a hatchback, and they were able to make a composite sketch according to what she said under hypnosis, which matched the first two composite sketches. Mm. So maybe it wasn't that bad. Mm. But again, you guys would be Still. slapping your asses. Yeah, we would. Slapping peepees. Yeah. So a few days later... Bay Village PD actually observed a man who fit the composite sketch driving a hatchback erratically. Mm. So they pulled him over. He gets out of the the car and starts screaming that he's a bad man who deserves to go to jail and he wanted the officers to shoot him. Oh, geez. Uh, He's obviously intoxicated. Mm -hmm. He was arrested. The next morning, he was found on the floor of his cell with a shoelace noose around his neck. He was not dead, though. Yeah. He survived. It turns out he was a landscaper in nearby Aurora and had a solid alibi. Mm. I don't like that. But did have a previous arrest for animal cruelty. Mm. Okay. So he had a solid alibi. Cool. Yeah. Um, did you ask him why he thought he was a bad man who wanted to go to jail? Yeah, that would be my and first question. why he wanted to be shot and why he tried to kill himself? Did right. anybody try to get to the bottom of that? Because clearly he did something. something. Yeah. He did something that he didn't think was right. Right. So police were now looking into the possibility of a serial offender. Um, in March of 1990, a 16-year-old girl was abducted and found in a dumpster shortly after, 20 miles from the shopping center. Dead? Um, two, mo- two months after that, a 14-year-old was abducted and found decomposing in the woods, and she was 15 miles from Bay Jeez, Village. and this place had no crime whatsoever. <clears throat> and- None. So maybe should we talk to the guy driving the hatchback <laughs> right. about these other two? Yeah, you think? Now, the year before, um, I don't know why this was connected, but uh, the year before, 8-year-old April... April April Tinsley was abducted from her home, uh, sexually assaulted, and <clears throat> was found dead. This was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, so it was like three hours away. Yeah. But she was missing a shoe. Okay. So they kind of were like looking into that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, obviously, he had nothing to do with it, and we'll probably do April Tinsley once, because mm. it's, it's fucked up, because he was leaving notes. Oh, like really? he wrote on the side of a barn, I'm the one who killed April Tinsley. 
And then he was leaving notes on kids' bikes in the front yard. Really? Hi, honey. I've been watching you. Oh, I killed April creep. Tinsley, and you're my next victim. Oh, man, yeah. Now... We'll need to do that one. <clears throat> um, the police went and knocked on his door, mm-hmm. and they're like, do you know why we're here? And this is 30-something years later yeah. that they finally connected it. Yeah. Police knocked on his door, and they're like, hi, we're, you know, investigator so-and-so. Do you know why we're here? And he's like, yeah, April Tinsley. No shit. 30 fucking years later. So they fucking end up solving a different crime now no it was her oh it was her so now i have to look and i could be mistaken so please don't take my word for it but if i am not mistaken he was being looked at for delphi really and they were looking into him and it just so happened that when they went and knocked on his door yeah he said april tinsley wow yeah that's crazy When, when was this Right around the time of Delphi. So 30 years after. No shit. Because yeah. her, April Tinsley, wasn't solved for 30 years. Wow. So um, none of the tips over the years yeah. warranted anything. Margaret um, and Mark actually divorced two years later, which is relatively mm. common yeah. with the death of a child. Um, some sources say that Margaret died in 2001 of lupus. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another source that said she died of something else, which I don't know I don't why think it, is either here it or splits there. people apart. Like, w- wouldn't you <clears throat> want to come together and it does though comfort each other? In the few instances of couples that I know, yeah, it has. Yeah, um, one very amicably, and others not so much. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it, it, statistically that's what happens. It just that, it just. It, it kind of baffles me a yeah. little bit. Like, you would think... You don't move on together. Right. Is, is what it sounds like. Right. And I'm not saying move on, but, like, you, you're not helping each other through the process is right. almost what it sounds like. But I don't know. I, I pray to God we never know. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, in 2016, they confirmed that uh, on that blanket that they found. Mm-hmm. So, in June of 2016, they confirmed that um, dog hair was on it. And it was Jake. Mm-hmm. So it was their dog's hair. Okay. Excuse me. Uh, they did release photos of the curtain and the blanket. They were avocado green. And the uh, curtain appeared to be a tab style, which is um, not like we have, so I can't point it out to you. Okay. But it's like instead of the holes, like on our curtains right there, yeah. it's like a loop. On yeah. The, sewed on the top. Okay. I know what you mean. Um, <clears throat> and that it was possibly homemade. So they released all this information with the hopes of gaining new information. Mm-hmm. Um, however, hang on. In October of 2021, I'm going to kind of jump a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was confirmed that Amy's hair was on the curtain. Cool. So they found her hair on the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police felt that the discovery of Amy's hair on the curtain confirms their thoughts that Amy was wrapped in them to yeah. transport her to the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they felt that finding out where the curtain and the blanket came from will lead them to the killer. Right. Now, uh, Amy's case is now the longest open case in FBI history. Really? It's still open. There still is an agent assigned to it. Um. <clears throat> Throughout the years, there's been multiple false confessions and suspects. Yeah. In 2001, uh, in a church in Fairfield, Indiana, a large shaggy man by the name of Richard Allen Fuller, who also had two other names, hmm. um, stood up during the service and said, quote, I am known as Satan and I killed Amy Mahalovic. 
Oh, wow. Uh, several off-duty officers were in the congregation and were able to take him into custody while he continued to incoherently ramble. ramble. They searched his home and found odd writings, but no connection to Amy. Yeah. Uh, it turns out he was a schizophrenic who was non-compliant with his meds. Is, yeah. Uh, in 2008, a former student from Amherst came forward saying the name Dean Runkle. This is the only suspect whose name has been publicly released. Yeah. Uh, he was a middle school science teacher who frequented the Nature Center. He would give students extra credit for going to the Nature Center. Yeah. But then when questioned by police, he denied ever being there. Um, it turns out several students and parents had made several allegations of inappropriate contact and conversations with him. Yeah. And a formal former principal had actually done two investigations, one of which started with him and a student being found in his car. Mm. Um, he started at Sailor Way Middle School and basically had like a zoo in his classroom. Uh, he called his students his associates and sometimes they were allowed to stay after school and on the weekends to help him clean cages and feed animals. Creeper. Yeah. Uh, in 1987, he resigned abruptly for quote unquote health reasons. Uh, he told stories such as it was bad food from uh, while he was on safari in Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, he never went out of town. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, another one was a blood infection after cutting his hand on coral. Okay. He moved in with his parents in New London and got a job at a pet store where he would breed mice and sometimes take them to the nature center. So don't mm. tell me you've never been there. Um, Creepy. Yeah. Fall of 1989, he got hired uh, for a job at Nord Junior High School in Amherst. <clears throat> Excuse me. James Renner, who was a true crime author, uh, became invested in this case when he was a kid because he lived in Amherst. Mm -hmm. So he's had a blog forever. Um, and at one point, this article was written in 2008. Um, <clears throat> the girl that had given the witness te the eyewitness testimony mm -hmm. saw a picture of Dean Runkle on a blog that he had yeah. and immediately emailed mm -hmm. him and said, the FBI should probably look into him because that's the closest I've ever fucking seen to the man that I saw that day. Oh, really? So <clears throat> James then contacted former students. Uh, the ones that remembered him said he was an absolute fucking creep. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> creep just mm -hmm. highly inappropriate things he was saying to students yeah. um he drove a gold <clears throat> grand prix with tan interior mm. uh gold fibers were found on amy's body yeah he ended up selling that car in 1991 and when police started collecting dna dean retained an attorney interesting in 2003 he abruptly quit again he gave mm -hmm. no reason for this, did not apply for a sabbatical, which would allow him to reach retirement, yeah. and did not complete his paperwork to receive his pension. Wow. Uh, last known whereabouts were in Florida managing a restaurant. Are they still looking into him? I, he's still considered <clears throat> a suspect. Um, however, they think the closest thing that they have is a lead that came in in January of 2019. Mm -hmm. A woman came forward and said that she thinks her ex-boyfriend had something to do with the murder. Okay. Uh, at the time, they lived lived less than one and a half miles from the shopping center. Uh, her boyfriend worked in Bay Village at the time and had family living there also, including a niece who was in the same grade as Amy. Mm -hmm. um, the man did not come home the night of the murder, 
which was highly unlike him, uh, but he did call around 10 p.m. to ask her if she had seen the news of the uh, abduction. Okay, the woman also believed, yeah, she had traveled with him to Ashland County, quote, on one or more trips, which is where the body was found. Mm-hmm. Um, and his appearance in 1989 was, quote, consistent with one or two major suspect composites obtained via witness interview. Mm. In May of 2020, the two witnesses who saw the man taking Amy picked this man's picture out of several photo lineups. No shit. Uh, in the years 1989 to 1990, the man drove a gold Oldsmobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to court records, an FBI agent noted a gold Oldsmobile registered to the man driving through an intersection near where Amy's body was found on the day she was discovered. So did they end up talking <clears throat> to this guy? Gets better. A Bay Village detective wrote, quote, investigation has not been able to show any reason why the man should have been near where Amy Mahalovic's body, uh, near Amy Mahalovic's body recovery site on February 8th, 1990. Yeah. In November of 2019, the man voluntarily came into the police station and talked to the police over the course of two days. Wow. Uh, according to a sworn affidavit, the man, quote, made very suspicious statements. He stated that in 1989 to 1990, it was a, quote, dark period in his life. He also indicated that he may have met Margaret in a bar. Are you Dude, lunching in a bar? Yeah. <clears throat> when asked if Amy, um, when asked if he called Amy, he said, quote, I could have. And that, quote, it could have been a wrong number. Dude. When asked if Amy was in his car, he said, quote, I don't believe so. You don't believe so? That's a yeah. Just say yes. That's a yeah. Asked again if it was possible, he said, quote, okay, but I don't know what the situation would have been. Oh, dude. Uh, He agreed it was possible that his DNA could be on the curtain, but if it was there, he didn't put it there. And if there was DNA on her body, it it would be there because somebody planted it. He did agree to a DNA swab and a polygraph to which um, he took the polygraph and it obviously deception indicated. He was supposed to return the following day to sign papers to have a storage unit voluntarily searched. Mm -hmm. He never came back. Uh, The police obtained a warrant. I was just going to say, okay, so did they get a search warrant? The police obtained a warrant and, quote, officers seized evidence. Uh, Police said he is now homeless and living in his car. But yet they, so they didn't have enough to, to charge? I don't know. This is uh, that, what drives me crazy. That sounds like an awfully lot. So, I mean, at least enough <clears throat> to charge them. It also sounds like Dean Runkle. Are they the same fucking person? Yeah. The only reason, the only thing is in one source I read that the unknown man is 64. Mm-hmm. And they won't release his name because he hasn't been charged. Mm-hmm. Dean Runkle, um, they said, was in his 70s. Okay. But are they the same person? And they apparently got mitochondrial DNA off of Amy's body under her fingernails, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is there not enough to test? Did they test it already and there's no more left? Because they did a DNA swab on this guy. Yeah. I don't know. So he was That's... interviewed in November of, of 2019, and they obviously thought there was some merit there because they, mm-hmm. they tracked down these two kids who are now grown adults 32 years later and said, do you think the guy's in there? I mean... And I they mean, both picked him out. That 
sure kind of seems like enough. so what are we waiting for yeah i don't know i don't know that's interesting a lot of stuff is i don't i guess i don't understand and I, they probably know more obviously but to not release that other people had really had received phone calls for fuck what 17 fucking yeah. years what why what was the big deal yeah i mean what would have happened if in 06, 17 more fucking girls came forward and was right. like, no, I got these phone calls too. Or exactly. no, I actually met up with this guy and he yeah. let me go. Like, I don't know why they that's, held on to that's that. That's information that you should like. <clears throat> that's what I figured. And I mean, to a certain extent, I, I mean, I don't know if they did, but I people in towns talk, but they did send a letter asking anybody to come forward. I just, I, this one I'm I'm confused about. Yeah. I feel like... They have it. Yeah, I do too. They, like, they have it. Yeah. I don't know. I have a, so obviously I'm obsessed with last week's case. Mm. Clearly. Um, They already have more in this case from an unknown person than they they had in her case. Yeah. And she was convicted. Right. So why have they not even arrested this guy yet? That's what I'm saying. At least to charge him. Like, that sounds like more than enough. To, to charge him. Uh, they, he said she could have been in his car. Yeah. And he was picked out of multiple photo lineups. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Babe. Wh- I don't know. When detectives are saying he's making very suspicious statements and he's saying, well, yeah, my DNA could be there and she might have been in my car and I could have called her and I'm pretty sure I met her mom. Like, yeah, what? I don't know about that, babe. I don't know about this case. That. This kind of blows my mind a little bit. So this one kind of bothers me. I get it. I understand keeping things close to the chest. but Close to the vest. Close to the vest. What did I say? Chest? Chest. Sorry. Um, you fucked it up. I did fuck it up. I've never said that. Um, like, I get that, but... Yeah. Look at no, everything that, that they've already released about that this guy it, that they're not naming. They're not keeping anything close to the yeah, vest at this point. that information should have been released. There's no need to when a, that Well, back. and when a news station is releasing this much information about a suspect that they have, yeah. you're making all this public. What, what are you holding on to? Yeah, I don't know. So, like I said, as of May 2nd, it's still, it's still considered unsolved. unsolved. Wow. And dude's fucking homeless. You think he's still sticking around Ohio? Right. He's gone. You're never going to fucking find him again. So is he still in custody? I couldn't find that. I couldn't find if they released him. I couldn't find if them saying he was homeless and living in his car was them talking about him prior to him coming to the police station. Right. I have no idea. They're not releasing any of that. Now, her dad is still alive. Yeah. So I'd be like, hey, where the fuck is this guy? Yeah, I would too. Did you let him go? And if you let him go, why the fuck did you let him go? Yeah. What's the reasoning? Because why isn't this enough to charge him? I don't see why they didn't charge him. Yeah. Or why they haven't yet if he's in custody. And if he's in custody, well, he can't be in custody. No, he can't be unless. Because they can't hold him that long. No, unless it's something, a different charge. That's crazy to me, though. There's so much in this case that they have against these both individuals. Mm-hmm. 
for Dean Runkle, there was a former student who even quoted um, him saying that he liked prepubescent children. Really? Because he wanted his own runt. What? Yeah. Oh, this dude's a fucking creep. Mm-hmm. One girl wore a shirt, uh, skirt that was too short, and he's like, that's inappropriate, but I'm glad you wore it to my class. Oh, dude. Come on. Dude. Wow. I feel like there's enough to fucking arrest both of them. Mm. And now Dean Runkle, his yearbook photo from 1989. Creep. Jesus fuck, it's the composite <laughs> sketch. Is there really? Not only is it creepy. Yeah. Like, he's a fucking child molester. No. He appears to be. Sorry. I don't want to get sued. Um, but his yearbook picture, like, it, it, they might as well have just drawn a picture of the picture. Yeah. Because that's how fucking close it is. I don't know. I just feel like this could be, this could have been solved. Yeah. It could be solved. I kind of feel that way too. So that's why I was so pissed the other night when I finished this one. Because I'm like, what? That's it? That's the end? (laughs) Right. It's like watching fucking Chicago PD the other day. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What the fuck is that? You can't end it like this. that's horseshit. So, and I, I dug, dug. Oh, I know you did. And I... I can't fucking find anything. This is why I hate unsolved cases. Yeah. Because now, clearly, I have to go to Ohio. (laughs) I have to find this homeless man. We have to have a discussion. Right. I'm just saying. Well, this was a good one, though. I'm irritated by this one. You did really good. So... But, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this one, too. Get angry. Yeah. Let's all get angry. Let's all get angry. Yeah. It's rage. I'm actually going to finish up here, and I'm going to go send an email to a state's attorney. Mm, all right. Just so you know. Yeah. So. Fuck it. I'm probably going to make you send one, too, just so you know. Yeah, that's fine. Fuck it. Yeah. Can I, Should I, I say wanna... it out loud? Can I say it out loud? What? I'll, I'll say it. Okay. So, Marnie Yang is going back to court on the 31st. Yeah. To determine whether or not she gets a stage three hearing. Mm-hmm. for a new trial and like we said last week whether you think she did it or not it's your opinion it's up to you i'm not going to say who i think did it she legally is entitled to a new trial mm-hmm. they fucked her royally yeah without a doubt so i'm gonna email the state's attorney good and if anybody would like to also it's a lake county state's attorney go ahead and send that email no His name's eric good just deal. saying throwing it out there i'll send one because if it was me you fucks better be sending emails oh, on, yeah. on my behalf goddamn right <laughs> <laughs> which by the way i'm gonna call rebecca out again i asked her if she had any once now that she's a patreon you know mm-hmm. and she said um she wants us to do steve avery but the only reason she wants us to do it is because clearly we have to take a road trip there to do steve, the case steve avery in wisconsin making oh. a murderer oh yeah but she's like, you obviously have to come here to do the case. There's a dude in Dalton with that name. Did I know that? Mm-hmm. I think I did know that. Because it turned into an officer-involved shooting. I did know that, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. That's what, why I was like, You're Stephen like, what? <laughs> we have to go to Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was on that one. Yeah, you were. Right in front of me. Yeah. And now you're here staring at me. Mm-hmm. Yay. Mm. 
So. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. Our next episode will be a Patreon exclusive, the I-65 killer. So uh, if you want to hear that, you're going to have to sign up. We have three different tiers. All the tiers, no matter which one you sign up for, you get access to all our episodes. So, yes. Yes. I feel like we should do like a, a Zoom thing soon. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It's been a little while. We'll so. start planning it. Mm, yeah. So. All right. Thank you guys so much. And we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye.